is going to chat with us about the Bali upgrade as well as uh, the migrating DAOs to the L2 and a couple of props that we have up right now for Builder. And uh, funny enough, I was going to go uh, settle the auction because we have somebody who just won who I think is fairly new to the DAO. And I was like, oh, go settle it so we see what the new one is. And it was like, uh, I think it's like a hundred and something guay. And it was going to cost me like a hundred and something dollars. And I was like, Nope. <laughs> yeah. So that's Many why we're cases. moving to an L2. <laughs> Many yep. such cases. Yep. And this is the reason that we're doing this. So, Neo, can you tell us a little bit about what's the Bally upgrade? What does it include? And just kind of detail out what the benefits are for not only Builder DAO, but any of the DAOs that are on Nouns Builder. We'll start. Yeah. There. So, basically, the Bally upgrade is what we've been working on for the last few months. And it's kind of like the version two of the protocol is kind of how we're thinking about it. And it includes quite a few features. I mean, one of the most major upgrades for current DAOs would be migration. So if you're on L1 right now, you're paying very high gas, you can basically migrate your mm -hmm. DAO over to L2 in like a pretty safe and trustless way. And then you can essentially continue running your DAO operations from L2 where fees are dramatically reduced and it'll be a lot easier for people to buy into the auctions to put up proposals to vote and then i think that's also gonna unlock some really cool use cases once we get like on-chain frames where it's like people will be able to yeah. just vote on the farcaster feed and you won't even have to think about it because the fees are going to be so cheap or the DAOs can sponsor fees and things like that so that's a Let whole me double double click on that real quick because yep. I know there's been a lot of talk of frames and trying to incorporate DAO the DAO pieces of this. What conversations are you having, and how close are we to doing that kind of stuff with the on-chain action from the frame? I've actually thought about this like a lot, and I've thought about this from like before frames or even a thing of like how can we make an app where people can just vote gaslessly super easily? And my original solution was to like make an app where everyone has their own wallet, and you delegate to this like hot wallet, and then you can vote. So. Farcaster has a wallet built into it right now, but you can't execute any transactions from it. You can only basically do like the paying with warps and then either minting completely for free. So the main issue right now is that for votes, essentially it would have to be like one server wallet and you can't have one wallet vote for against and abstain for one prop you basically have to okay. take all your votes and vote only for take all your votes and vote only no and we were also, actually we were actually just talking about this limitation on Nounsel this morning because that's also a challenge that we have in, in Nounsel where we're you know 90 90 people in Nounsel and maybe 40 of them are active and we've got 25 uh, nouns you know delegated to us and it would be great to be able to have some granular control over how those nouns voted based on how announcers feel, but unfortunately, it's just not not possible in the so current. So you're thinking webinar. more percentage-wise is what you were thinking there, Toady. Like, if yeah, that, I mean, yeah. That, I, to me, that would be the ideal. I think, yeah, and it would it would help with sort of certain people's existential fear about announcer becoming too powerful or this or that. If if uh, it it more proportionally reflected the feelings of the of the council. But anyway, not to derail Neoka, but just to it's mention really Neil Cry. Yeah, we're going to be bad on that. Um, no, but, but that's an important yeah, point also. Yeah, because Verb's team is building out an NFT governor. So yeah. mm -hmm. essentially what we're all using right now is a fork of the compound governor, which is built right. for ERC-20 tokens. And it was just modified to kind of work with NFTs, like work well enough. So this new NFT governor from scratch is basically going to give us all what we want, which is like you can vote with individual NFTs no matter how many are in one wallet or multiple wallets or things like that. So it's so, it's so silly the way we do Like when you think about it, how long we've been using, uh, you know, a governor that was just designed not to be used with NFTs, it's kind of crazy and amazing at the same time. But, you know, if you've ever had to do any kind of like moving of nouns around for governance, you realize how stupid it is to be 
you know, move, moving twenty thousand uh, dollar NFTs around just just so you can put a prop up from one address and and also vote with the other one or whatever. You know, it's from a security aspect. So this governor has been used for years, essentially, and it's been battle tested and it's been for sure for, for years. Sure. So it's it was a lot easier for the nouns original team to start with something that's so solid and basically build upon that. Makes but sense, yeah. like, like, like now you we're obviously hitting the limits of that. So this new NFT governor is going to be super useful in my opinion for things for experiments like this. And also mm-hmm. for some other things that I've been thinking about where you can essentially like put a bunch of say nouns into a contract and then you can like mint out like, a thousand or two thousand other nfts and people can vote like um essentially sub sub votes so you could basically Mm -hmm. take like thousands and have them vote with like hundreds of nouns if that makes sense so that will also be so essentially like i mean there's been that uh effort with federation but i don't think it's fully fleshed out for some of us or definitely no not something we've done with builder yet but that's another need of these subgroups to be able to vote, like kind of what you're talking about, um, sub-DAOs or subgroups to be able to vote on DAO proposals. So we have Purple as a good example. They use Snapshot for voting on builder DAO uh, proposals because they own a builder DAO token. So they take a Snapshot and then they process through a delegate. So if we could smooth that out somehow where it's a little more direct, that would be incredible yeah. too. Like that's another so, area. yeah, that's all... I, that's all uh, kind of unrelated to the poly governor. That was basically yeah. like, what do we need to do to get frames working? So right, the right. other route is like the on-chain actions through frames that the Farcaster team is basically developing right now. So uh, when they basically asked, like, what use cases do people want to support? And a bunch of people were talking about DAO governance. So I think this is something that they're likely going to try and build towards. So I don't know exactly <clears throat> what their solution will be, but it'll likely be you'll delegate to like a Farcaster wallet and then mm-hmm. essentially you'll be able to vote on proposals from that is That's how really I think cool. it'll be. Yeah. That's really cool. That would, I think the, I think that would increase our participation tremendously. Yeah. Especially if we can even cover the gas, if it's so <laughs> tiny because we're on an L2, then um, it's not, you know, it's not a huge lift for, the DAOs to cover that or for builder DAO to even build something out to help cover some of these yeah. active DAOs that we want to encourage. And then the third option I've actually seen for people is you can essentially make like a Gnosis safe for every NFT token holder. And then you can essentially have this backend like call through to the Gnosis safe and uh, allow anyone to like vote. So you'll be able to delegate mm-hmm. to a Gnosis safe you'll put a bit of funds in it or the DAO can fund it. And then you'll essentially be able to like vote through the frame to your Gnosis safe. And then that executes the vote. So that is also That's interesting, cool. but that yeah. is a lot. I saw, of- I saw a bunch of people mentioning using safe, uh, leveraging safe mm-hmm. for pseudo pseudo or, or proto on chain actions. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. Hmm. That's interesting, but it does have limitations and it is kind of like a lot more, technically hard to set up so my bet is it's janky you can just say it it's janky so my bet is going to be on the on-chain actions for frames is going to come first cool. and then i think the when the token governor comes out i think that's going to make things easier as well but yeah we'll it's see it's really how interesting how quickly things are moving because frames only launched two weeks ago not even two yeah. weeks tomorrow and that's the hackathon from like two weeks ago behind me it's crazy it's crazy crazy how quickly like they're moving it's insane yeah um so i want to talk a little bit about DAOs that want to migrate to an l2 um and just the first off really quick the why because you know basically the the cost you know right now it's going to cost 100 bucks just to settle the builder DAO auction so that would be like pennies um it in terms of voting in terms of proposals it makes it much more accessible for everybody um toady i know you know yellow is on base so they've already they launched on the l2 they didn't have to migrate but i'm sure you've seen that like you're you're you settle a nouns auction every day so you are very much aware of like yeah i see what it costs. Of it. i <laughs> yeah. often settle the nouns auction for today the 90 dollars which is oh like what, what am i even doing with my life and then <laughs> 
And then, you know, we'll have yellow clock coming up later this afternoon and it'll be sense. Like literally. Like you don't even know how much it is. It's so tiny that you don't even know. Like I don't even know how much it is. That's a crazy thing. It's it's about to get a hundred times cheaper, which on March eleventh, it'll be cheaper. And it'll also kind of like decouple from the L1 gas. So right now, if L1 gas spikes, L2 gas spikes, because the majority of the cost is basically putting data onto L1. But after this upgrade, there will essentially be another payment system for L2s to make that deposit onto L1. And it'll be a different pricing structure. So it'll basically hopefully not fluctuate as much. And yeah, it'll just be a lot easier for everyone to price stuff and a lot cheaper. So excited well, we need to for... make any changes. Not for at all. Us it's when a pro- that happens? It's, it's just it's all... an Ethereum protocol okay. level upgrade, an okay. Ethereum level hard fork. So essentially, we live on the layer above that, so we don't touch any of the. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so DAOs who want to migrate, this is the why. How do they take this step if they want to move their current mainnet? DAO on Nouns Builder over to one of the L2s, and we've got um, Optimism, Base, and Zoranet. So how do they go about that? Yeah, so we've tried to make this as like dead simple as possible. So in designing all this stuff, we had like a couple of routes we could go, and we decided on how can we make this as easy for any DAO to migrate as possible. So currently, it's in like a closed beta is how I'm kind of framing it. So it's like, if you want access to this proposal template, you reach out to us. And since it's still early, we want to work together pretty closely with the DAOs and not have this open up because we don't know if there'll be any potential issues. So step one is you reach out to us. Step two, we enable this proposal template for you. And it basically walks you through the three steps to migrate your DAO. So step one, you pass the proposal to pause your auctions. So this is because we take a snapshot of your holders in step two and we don't want anyone to kind of like be mid-bid or like not have settled their auction before that snapshot is taken because then it's essentially someone will win the final bid and they won't be included in the l2 holders and then it's kind of an awkward situation and then you have to airdrop them or whatever (laughs) that's an understatement (laughs) yeah the name with the guy in the swing he'll be like yeah It's a painful situation for that final user, and that would really suck. So essentially, step one is you pause auctions. And then once that goes through, step two is you take a snapshot of all your holders. This is all in the proposal template, so I'm just Mm -hmm. describing what happens on the back end. But you just show up to the proposal template. It'll generate the snapshot for you. It'll basically take all your DAO's current info. And then once you set up the proposal... What happens is it'll call the bridge to whatever L2 that you want to migrate to. And it'll send a little packet of information to a contract on L2 that we have set up. And then once that packet of information hits the L2, we have a bunch of automation tasks that we'll be running where we'll essentially deploy the DAO for you. We'll set up the artwork so it'll be the same as L1. And then we will airdrop all of the holders on L2. and The way this is set up, it's all trustless. So the other option was you can go in and execute all these transactions yourself if you want to, or any DAO member can do it. And it's set up in such a way where no one can execute the deployment with the wrong DAO data, or no one can airdrop to a holder that doesn't exist on L1. No one can set the artwork to something that wasn't already set on L1. So you can run these transactions yourself. We have a relayer set up and we're paying for DAOs to handle we're paying to handle all these automations for these DAOs to make it as simple as possible or in the future if BuilderDAO blows up for some reason this relayer and this automation stuff is open source so anyone can run it and fund their own wallet to basically go and automate all this stuff for a DAO themselves so assuming that like once we get through this migration part we won't really even have much of a need because most people would you know, make that choice at the beginning to move to an L2 just for the reasons we're saying, but you never know. You might have people who want to stay on the ETH mainnet for a while and then may not come to that realization till later. Or, yep. you know, they may die on that ETH mainnet. I'm looking at you, Bitnounce. Um, I keep <laughs> no, trying. No, I keep trying. I, I go over there every once in a while and be like, are we ready yet? And like, no, we're getting tattoos. I'm like, okay. <laughs> uh, it, which Wait, they what? like, you know, oh, oh, Bitnounce is refusing to move to an L2 and they are the perfect one to move to an L2. 
because they are they are mainnet maxis and they're like uh -oh. made a joke that they were going to get a tattoo that basically said mainnet mainnet or die or something like that. <laughs> so, this is I, I've been there. I used, I used to be in that camp, so I get it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah, 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 I get it from a philosophical, but you have to, you know, get practical because it's just not, it's not sustainable. It's not, it's not really fair to your holders, frankly. If you want them to be voting and participating, you know, it's, it's asking a lot to, you know, pay five dollars every time you want to vote or something or more, you know, or not be able to vote because it's so high and crazy. You're just not going to. So for me, it's like this is, you know, you're disenfranchising a lot of people if we don't, if we don't get that cost part of it under control, for sure. Um, okay, so right now, the way you do this, you want to move from mainnet to L2, you jump in the Discord, you reach out to me, you reach out to you directly, however you want to get there, we get you connected, and that's how we make this move um, as of right now to make sure that everything goes well. Um, and then uh, let's talk a little bit about you have a proposal up. For oh, wait, there's one funding. final oh, step. Sure, go okay. ahead. The last step is super easy. It's basically just migrating the treasury over. So you can choose to send any amount of the treasury over to L2 once your DAO has been deployed and your holders have all their NFTs and stuff. You can basically, the, the final step of the proposal template sets it up so it automatically sends directly to your new treasury and you can, yeah, send your full amounts and a quarter of your amounts and one ETH. It, it depends on what DAOs want to do and how safe they want to play it. And then once that treasury is set up, the holders can essentially unpause the auctions like normal. And then, yeah, basically start auctions and run governance and do all the current stuff that they do exactly the same. And then- Can the I ask L1... a quick question? You yep. agree? So the, the people who own L1 tokens, will their tokens be duplicated on L2 or migrated? Duplicated. Okay. So L1 tokens continue to exist. We do this because you might have ERC-20s, you might have NFTs, you might have different things in the treasury that you want to do stuff with, you know? So right. if we had these L1 tokens locked up, there could be a chance that, oh no, we still have stuff in our treasury that we want to deal with. So let's not migrate over until we kind of handle all that stuff, which right. could take months, years. There's not really a good solution for migrating over NFTs anywhere. So no. yeah. There's big open that, questions with that. Because we have NFTs in our treasury because we had that donation option where people, yeah. when they were starting a DAO, and so those are on mainnet, we can't move them. We have, worse, we, have worse, chain, we have worse than that at the Mountain Square. We have, I know. Uh, <laughs> we have a safe. We accidentally sent a bunch of NFTs on the base network to our safe mm -hmm. before we understood that it, before yeah. we fully understood that safe addresses are contract addresses. So we lost a bunch of porn animals. Oh, that no. are stuck in a base safe. Yeah, this is a warning to anyone playing yeah. with L2 is that your addresses are not guaranteed to be the same across all networks. In especially a safe. Especially safe. Safes a thousand percent are not guaranteed. So They're not. make sure like, you triple yeah. check your addresses. Yeah, although, I have, although I have a safe a really... attached to my Farcaster account and my regular one and some stuff has been sent to the safe and I can't get to it. So it's, yep. yeah. Not good. Having said that though, there is a really cool tool that we just used this week to set up new safes for the Yellow Collective and for TNS. And uh, it basically propagates the same contract, smart contract address across all of the different OP stacks. Mm -hmm. so, so now we do have the same address on base, on mainnet on OP and on Zora mm -hmm. so that any of our mints, our creator rewards, whatever, we can just uh, deal with them as normal. People can send to an address and it won't matter because it's the same on, on all. So um, I'll find the name of that tool. That would be great because I'm sure there's other DAOs that need it, including BuilderDAO, definitely. Yep. <laughs> so now yeah. we're going to have we're going to have all these DAOs and all so these different saves. chains. And yeah, <laughs> so we definitely need to figure that out. We've been trying to, I've been just waiting for the super chain. Isn't there a super chain coming sometime? I don't know. <laughs> I don't well, know. What, so is, I don't even know any. Like I just say things, and I don't even know what I mean. But you know, like, I mean that is what the super chain will do right? eventually. But yeah. yeah. But, but the we, thing is, the addresses are not guaranteed across the super chain either. Yeah. Right. The the liquidity will be, but the, the addresses yes. will still be different. You'll yeah, be able right. to do a transaction from Zora to Base seamlessly, but yeah, there's still a chance that that address could not be the same. So it's called multi-safe, guys. So it's it's multi -safe. actually. It's, Multi-safe by Small Dapp, and they've done quite a few uh, DApps, mm. and they're pretty pretty known and, and very safe uh, yep. uh, outfits. So S M O L D dot app slash safe. Uh, unfortunately, I couldn't figure out how to take an existing mainnet and clone it onto 
the other two. And I don't know yeah. if that's because that smart contract address already existed on one of those. Maybe that's why it wouldn't work. So we ended up having to make a new mainnet save and then three separate saves for OP, base, and Zora, but it was pretty easy to do. Uh, yeah, so yeah, the reason is because when you're deploying through something like multi-save, they use a special version of like the deployment function where it'll okay. it'll be guaranteed to be the same across networks. Whereas okay. like say the original Gnosis safe, if you deployed it, it's not guaranteed to be the same across networks because it's using like the standard uh, contract creation function. Cool. Very cool. Um, I did want to ask about the prop that you have up, Neo. And it's Prop yeah. 91, and it is uh, fun, the L2 down migration, if you want to just kind of quickly talk about what we're doing with this. And I'm showing it on the screen. You guys can't see it, but it's being shown. So if you want to just kind of go through what this is and what we're doing with this prop. Yeah, essentially, when I talked about the step two after snapshotting and when you send that little packet of information to L2 and then we run all that automation, this is funding that automation step. So... It's essentially Builder.app paying to relay these transactions and airdrop to the L2 holders to make it as simple as possible for any L1 DAO to migrate over to L2. So we basically just want to like handle the fees, handle all the execution transaction stuff for the L1 DAOs looking to migrate just to make it as simple as possible for everyone to migrate over and to just have like a super easy user experience. So that's essentially what that prop is funding and then it has a little bit of a breakdown on like how much it costs per DAO depending on gas prices and I mean gas prices have spiked right now so right. It, it it might go over well, we'd probably under, wait so. we probably wait until yeah. you know it, it calmed down a little bit anyway yeah uh, exactly and there was a few different DAOs that are planning to migrate right now are they all migrating to base or are there anyone doing anything different as of right now? um I think most are going to base so far. Okay. So we have Purple, Park, uh, BuilderDAO, but that's up for vote right now. Blackhand, Nounsdow, Africa, and Lil Toads are have already signaled that they're going to be migrating. And I know Lil Toads has been in touch. So if you have one of these styles, make sure you touch base with Neo so we can get you going. Um, and BuilderDAO has a vote up now. So we have a prop up to move to base. Uh, this is going, this is live now. I believe it may have just gone up. Uh, just opened, and we're going to be chatting about that in our DAO meeting at 5 p.m. Eastern today. So if you are around, please swing by there and check out um, what we're doing there and give your opinion and make sure you vote. And uh, I had told ahead of time, told people to undelegate for me uh, so that they would have their own vote because I, just in case I decide not to vote with the big wallet, I didn't want anybody, uh, left out. So, and I'd uh -huh. love to see, uh, by the way, never delegate your, delegate to a whale. What is wrong with you people? <laughs> um, like some bad I just wanted to flag. She just wanted to call herself a whale. <laughs> but I'm like, don't, why are you delegating? I don't know. That's a bad idea. Don't do that. Um, you should only be, you know, that doesn't make sense. Uh, so anyway, delegate but, to Tony. Delegate, <laughs> don't delegate to Tony either. <laughs> you can delegate to Tony. Um, so anyway, we're, you know, I really want to see a lot of people chime in and make sure that we're all aligned and on the same page. But I think we have a really good plan for a launch as well. And a lot of support from the Noun Square and Yellow Collective and Base and Jesse. And um, we also, it's also involving Base Management, the park, uh, Base Paint, Speed Tracer. We kind of took Yellow Collective's launch plan <laughs> and, and copied it. CC0. Basically what I did. That's what I did. Every, that launch plan was CC0. I just grabbed it and, and ran with it and uh, put our twist on it. And that's it. I have yeah. to say, I have to say too, like obviously a lot of planning went into our, our launch and, and all the yep. collabs took a lot of uh, coordination and, you know, our, our team is, is, is pretty good at, at pulling that kind of stuff off. But I, I do have to say like the support from the base community at large for mm -hmm. our launch was just really really blew us away. So, I mean, when I weighed in on that conversation in Builder, that's where my perspective was coming from because we were in a very similar spot, you know, eight months ago when we were trying to figure out how we would launch because our nomos are on optimism. All of our media was being minted on Zora and we, you know, we saw all of the energy that was happening around on-chain summer. And so we were really kind of torn, like, where do we, where do we launch? And ultimately we just kind of made a gut feeling call it would have been fine on any of those three, honestly, but we just made a, a, a gut feeling call about the culture and like the energy, the builder energy that's happening on base. 
And I, I think we made the right call because like Jesse and the rest of the crew from base have just put so much work into amplifying what we're doing. And, and you know, you got to do the stuff first, but then the, to have the team also willing to amplify and, and get that out to their network is huge. Uh, they've also given us a grant. They matched our BuilderDAO grant, which was amazing. Let us get on, you know, hit the ground running. So we've been super, super impressed by the support from from base. And then also, like I said, the, the broader community, every single person I talk to, you know, uh, from base paint or from uh, from speed tracer, from all of these different base operations, when we were like, hey, kind of thinking about doing something. And I thought, hey, I'll ask 10 people and maybe we'll end up with like two collabs or three collabs. And before I knew it, we had like two collabs per day for five days. <laughs> like, why <laughs> fuck we'll do it? We'll just yeah. do it all. Because everyone was so down yeah. to collab. And, and, and I love that. I love that collaborative energy. It's what brought me to nouns, quite frankly, mm-hmm. is that collaborative energy, that positive sum energy, no one feeling like you're competing with anyone else. And uh, that's what we're seeing. That's what I'm seeing anyway in the basic That's exactly... Stuff. That's exactly my, you know, my take as well. And that was my big push. It was really, um, that you can't be like the support level that Jesse and that team is giving right now from like amplifying everything and just being like, Hey, if you need something, let us know if you need, you know, we'll, we'll put somebody on it. And it's been really, I've just been super impressed. So I'd say a couple months ago, I was leaning more OP. I understood it made sense. Like maybe we're more, you know, neutral, et cetera. But to me, it was like, this is a no brainer. They've done way too much watching all the support they gave for yellow collective launch. It was incredible. I mean, how can you, you can't beat that. Um, so I'm really excited because also there would be a prop house before the launch week that would add to the launch week. So giving kind of anyone in nouns builder, anyone really who wanted to support the launch in, in their way, an opportunity to come up with their creative way. So it wasn't all just coming from, you know, my head copying what Toadie already did. So, you know, <laughs> giving a little bit. <laughs> hey, it's fine to copy. You know? <laughs> so, so, <laughs> imitation is the uh, serious form of flattery. Form of there you go. Yeah. It was it like, was a great we're just going to do what they did. <laughs> just do that. Just do that. Um, why not? And uh, so I'm really excited, but we'll see. We're going to, you know, hopefully that vote goes through. Um, By the way, also- base paint in particular is like yeah. a no-brainer go-to-market. If you are launching Amazing. anything on, well, even if it's not on base, honestly, but if it's on base, especially, you got to do a base paint day. You, all you have to do is mint a thousand. You make an agreement to mint a thousand of yep. whatever the, 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 the piece will be. You can one, then one use, you can use those one NFT. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry, one ETH. Yeah, yeah, sorry, one yeah. ETH worth. Yeah, sorry. And then, you know, you get all this amazing collaborative energy and you get to keep the base paints. That you can use yeah. as prizes and stuff like this. So we're no going to distribute yeah. one to every holder at least, and then we're going to use them as prizes. And yeah, I mean, yeah. this was a no-brainer to me. I was like, wow, that's fantastic. Let's do that that's and awesome. see, and also get to see the creativity of you know the community. We're going to have some paintbrushes that we're going to be able to give away, and you know, I love. I'm excited. I'm really excited about that. Um, I think it's also we can tap into Zora a little bit with that too. I'm sure their community will be excited. Add some Zorbs to that thing. Uh, so it'll be it'll be fun. I'm excited. Uh, hopefully, if it passes, but it's up for it's up for uh, vote soon or now, and we'll be talking about it more this afternoon. Also, uh, ETH Denver, I'm gonna be putting a prop up um, <laughs> in the next hour uh, to support uh-huh. Purple's event at ETH Denver, as well as to have um, a moving billboard that'll be outside that event with our Builder DAO uh, little mini doc on there playing. Oh, so, nice. That's yeah. awesome. So we're going to do a couple little fun things, fun activations at East Denver. We also have hopefully a panel that's supposed to happen. Haven't heard it finalized yet, but we're hoping with Toadie and me and uh, Chris Carella. So I'm excited uh, for what we're, all the stuff we have. Hope it got Wait, what am I agreeing to? Week. No, I'm just <laughs> I already, You already told you you're on there already. You, like, by the way, for that application, like you gave me your real name and I was like, I'm never going to put this on anything. So I still put, <laughs> put Tony Hawk on the application. I was like, I'm pretty sure you they're not even going to know who I'm, you are. I'm pretty sure you made me docs for that. So. <laughs> well, the rest of the stuff, it wasn't me. It was East Denver. Um, but I was like, when I put the name down, I'm like, I'm not, like, you're always Tony Hawk to me. You're not going to be anybody else. Um, don't you forget like, it. Don't, don't yeah. you ever use my real name. I know. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Get your real name out of, out of my mouth. Uh, yeah. So, uh, did I miss anything, Neo, that you wanted to highlight from this? Um, any other features or things that you wanted to mention regarding this recent upgrade or anything that's coming that you haven't had a chance to talk about? 
Yeah, there's um the protocol rewards is super mm. interesting. Yeah, I want so to hear we, more can you explain about that? that. Yeah, can you explain yeah. that a little bit? So essentially, we we saw what Zora protocol rewards were, and we thought, wow, this is very interesting way to kind of like um generate revenue for Zora, generate revenue for creators, generate revenue for like the first mentors. So we thought we would try and design a system that kind of would work with all the different participants of the protocol. So the people that we were trying to reward essentially are the people that are creating DAOs. So we want people that are creating DAOs to be able to earn not just the tokens, but also ETH, because this is a lot of hard work to start DAOs. Both of you guys know that. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's a tough I've job. Heard tell. I've heard tell, yeah. <laughs> Thankless job. <laughs> no, that's why we didn't call it a DAO. It's an on-chain yes. club. So. It's yeah, an on-chain yeah. club. It's not a DAO. Much easier. <laughs> not the same, right? Not much easier. <laughs> but it's very hard to start these communities. So we want to basically like have some levers to pull where we can kind of incentivize people to make this stuff and feel like they might be able to earn some rewards and be able to, you know, make a little bit of ETH off of starting a really cool community. The other thing that we wanted to fund was uh, front-end development. So we've seen these DAOs kind of start building interfaces like Purple and like mm -hmm. Yellow Collective owns their own interface. And we kind of want this to be a sustainable thing. We want DAOs to be able to create their interfaces and just make it easier so they don't have to pay a guy every single month to kind of make this work. We want it to be kind of permissionless where anyone can build an interface for Yellow Collective or aggregates of DAOs and be able to earn fees off that. So that's the second part of the fee is a front-end fee. It defaults to nouns.build, but anyone can basically make their own interface that uh, participates in the auction system and earn fees off that. So maybe in the future, someone makes a really cool frame that gets a lot of people auctioning oh, off mm. of. Someone should earn rewards off of that. If it's This is basically DAOs paying for interfaces. That's kind so, of- So is this adding a fee to every auction bid? Is that what's happening? Essentially, or it is uh, taking a small portion of the auction and yeah. using it to pay for this front-end fee or for the founder fee. And then yeah. the third one is like essentially a protocol development fund is how I see it, where it's going to BuilderDAO and it's going to be used to make new metadata renders, make upgrades to the protocol, mm -hmm. and kind of sustain protocol development is how I think this third fee should be used. It's essentially just going to the BuilderDAO treasury. So it's used as whatever BuilderDAO decides to do, whether that be ecosystem development, protocol development. We are most likely the only ones that are going to be touching the protocol because it's pretty expensive to fund protocol development, it's expensive to audit things. Mm -hmm. And in my opinion, even if DAOs aren't benefiting fully from new features from the protocol, it's driving new people to create DAOs. So we've seen like with some of the recent Bali upgrades, we have new metadata renders that are kind of more geared toward artists that we we are seeing some people interested in starting these creator DAOs. So while that might not directly mm -hmm. benefit purple or yellow, it's going to bring more eyes on the builder DAO ecosystem. It's going to make more people understand how Nounish DAOs operate. It's gonna if people are buying into creator DAOs, that'll be like, oh, what are these other DAOs that might be interesting? Oh, yellow. Oh, purple. Oh, like it'll kind of bring more all the colors into the <laughs> ecosystem. Yeah, every color. And, and also, it's like the opposite of the tragedy tragedy of the commons too, where the more DAOs that come in and use the protocol and are successful, the, the you know the more people are contributing to those pools, and so the less the the burden is on each individual DAO. Also, right. Exactly. So we're essentially, this is our way to sustainably fund the infrastructure and the people that are creating the DAOs is kind of my vision on the protocol rewards. Can you talk a little bit, you mentioned metadata renderer, like the custom, can you talk a little bit about that and what you're doing and <clears throat> what you're, how we're addressing some of those ideas that people are coming to you with? Yeah. So the first custom metadata renderer, I had to make was actually for the migration flow. So essentially it's a metadata render that lets you um, keep the L1 like generations essentially. So when you uh, settle an auction that essentially chooses the artwork and like 
it, it basically builds up over the weeks and months of like settling auctions. You have all this data on L1 of like what artworks get selected. And to basically transfer that over to L2, we had to kind of build some stuff on top of the current metadata render that lets you take all these attributes and then send them to L2. And then anyone can basically like apply the attributes onto the new metadata render. So that essentially needed a custom metadata render. And then another really cool thing we have going is um, artists want to be able to use these DAOs, but they might not want to make like layered generative artwork. So the new metadata render that we're developing, it's called the sequential metadata render, very not like cool name, very technical name, but we'll probably have a cooler name to brand it as. But essentially artists can come in and they can say like, hey, I want to auction off like a hundred images, a hundred videos, a hundred albums, whatever they want to auction off and they can basically say like okay i want this to be video number one video two three four five and then every day or every week or whatever their time frame is it'll kind of pull from these lists of videos and say like okay here's token one it's auctioning off this first video which is like say you, say you want to auction off your whole like youtube channel essentially so you'll be able to pull in videos one at a time in order and then that'll be kind of the cool. token artwork instead of like this randomized generative system so mm. that's something we've seen a lot of creators really interested in is like one how can i make a DAO but not use generative artwork two how can i do different media like music or videos or three yeah. models or whatever your thing is you want yeah. to put that as a DAO or something. And then another thing that also applies with this is the founder rewards. So essentially a creator can come in, they can set founder rewards and they can auction off different art that they want to use. So the current so we, way we, we set up, can I ask a question about yep. how that will change? For example, what we did with yellow. So with yellow, we wanted to do a founder allocation similar to what Purple has done and, and other DAOs have done when they launched a Nouns Builder. But we had the very good advice, both from Prof and from Chris, to consider not doing that allocation right at the start of the DAO because it would have basically eliminated eliminated tokens one through thirteen, right? And that's you know people like like to have some excitement over the first tokens of a DAO, early ID, etc. So we ended up taking a bit of a chance, I guess, and just letting the auctions go as they would for the first 10 tokens. And we did a prop that would be executed after the 10th token to do that founder allocation. And we were so happy with the way the DAO was shaping up and how much fun everyone was having that we ended up waiting until the 20th token actually to to trigger that allocation and take our, our founders allocation. Would there be a new way to do something like this without having to kind of do it in the risky way that, that we went about it? And I say risky because there's always a chance that mm -hmm. if the DAO had developed differently you know, people could have said, oh, just, you know, screw the founders. I'm not voting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm voting against this yeah. or whatever. But I was, the, I was in Tony's DMs like, you need to get that prop up like right now. And, uh, <laughs> so what you're talking like, about is the token allocation. So this is yes. for the um, founder rewards, essentially. So the founder rewards come in ETH. So they're right. a percentage oh, of each okay, auction okay. that right. go to a wallet specified via the founder. So this can be like a, a split. So you can have it split to like 10 different wallets. Or it can just be like the one creator that is like making all the art and essentially starting up the DAO or whatever. So it's it's an ETH reward versus a token reward. And, and this is something that could be changed. Like for example, if Yellow or another DAO or Purple DAO decided to change from their current system of ten percent of all NFTs to a a creator reward in ETH, they could do that. Yes, a founder reward. Interesting. As long as you're on the V two upgrade. Yeah. How do the um, individual DAOs that already exist on the L2s, how do they do that upgrade? Um, yeah, so you can do it via Etherscan right now, which is the shitty way to do it, or we're going to build this into the product over the next few days. But okay. my Wait, isn't it already is there? We've already got a prop live, or is that something different? Different. I'll have oh. to check it out. But, when, um, I, when, I, when I go into my dashboard, or when we mm -hmm. went into our dashboard on activity, at the top it said upgrade to Bali, and we triggered it, and it's already active and, oh, and voting. Cool. Oh, okay. that means, yeah, that means once that executes, you'll be on V2, essentially. Yeah. So, very, oh, it's, already so it's, all, it's already in there, then. Exactly. Fantastic. But to enable, like, the founder rewards or whatever, there you there's not a front end for it yet. My, oh, gotcha. big, yeah, my main attention right now has been on getting the migration feature out. So that has been a lot of work, essentially. So once 
that is rolling out and we feel good about that, then we're going to start enabling these new features like the founder rewards and also the allow list setup, which is a whole other thing as well. And which kind of ties into this collection plus idea too, which is a whole another thread as well. So yeah, you probably need to do this again on just collection plus, by the way. It's so, <laughs> like a I whole know, other animal. Is, yeah, honestly, there's a lot going on. It's pretty yeah, big. Yeah, we scoped out this upgrade as like, oh, this is like pretty small. Like we can handle it. And then like, we're like, oh, wow. There's like actually a whole bunch of stuff that we can do as well. Cause like, yeah, we designed the creator, it. In a I think the, the idea, like all these ideas really open up a lot of opportunities because I, I had multiple conversations with some, some folks who wanted to start it out, but the big thing was like, we want to do it, but we have these certain artists we're going to use and we want to have them not be the same piece of art but we don't really want to do generative and we want to switch it every three months and it was like you, you can do it it's not gonna it's not gonna be smooth it's not gonna it's not gonna work in the way you want it to yep. and now it absolutely could so that's exciting to me like i can go back to them and be like okay now we can do that idea and it's a great it's good idea. for us to at yellow too because that's part of yeah. our baked in plan is to up, upgrade the descriptor often so we're gonna right. we're gonna be up, updating a bunch of heads soon ideally so so yeah. that's one thing I have a question for you, Neo. So they're going to update their their head soon. How do they make sure that the ones that are already in existence don't get flipped somehow to a new yeah to a new head because now you've mixed in a whole bunch of things? Is that something they need to come to you for? At yeah, this point? come to me for that because okay. we have a proposal template that we were working on, but then we had a blocker for it from the Zora side, and then we never ended up releasing it so that's like basically done i just need to kind of put finishing touches on that so yeah when you want to do that reach out to me and then we can help you set that up we're gonna definitely i think there's been a lot of talk about changing up builder dows art um so i know we'll have a chance to test that out uh well how, well, how did it go with purple did yeah did you, they, i guess they had to do a custom helped, right help with that yeah. yeah so purples was kind of a different story because they had only a singular piece of artwork for their original one right. so it was very easy to basically like build, build a top. whole generative yeah. system on top of that yeah and yeah it just kind of worked in such a specific way where we could do that and continue to keep the original like purple square tokens and other right. people have seen that and they're wondering how to do that but if you already have a generative system in place it's kind of hard to like completely replace the artwork and keep the original one what you guys are talking about with just adding on new heads that's like pretty easy to do but it okay. requires me to finish this proposal template essentially. So I'll be able to do that and it'll be super easy. You'll just drop in the new heads. You'll just say like, these are heads and then boom, execute it. And it'll be pretty simple to do. And the other thing people have Famous about last long... words. But yeah. I know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we but got a couple months though for them. So we're good. No, you got, you got less than a month. What? <laughs> Seriously? Oh yeah. We need new heads in there, man. There's we don't even have the one. We haven't even seen all the ones that are there. Yeah, exactly. At least wait till that. We've had fifty. We've had thirty-eight uh, noun heads, and less than half of them have appeared because of odds clustering. So we need to get some more in there to mix things up. Right. <laughs> Interesting. Um, yeah, it was. It's. It's been. It's been fascinating. Shipping the bottle and plunger dow. Um, anyway uh it's funny how it works <laughs> it's, really it's, funny, hard, yeah. it's hard to program randomness is what it comes down yeah, to I'm sure Neo we, need, could, we need random Neo Cry could okay. probably do a thesis on this but the reason it's like that is because it's pure random so apple yeah. music spotify they don't use pure random because you would get a bunch of songs back to back right. and you'd be like this isn't random i'm getting the same <laughs> songs but yeah. that is pure random so that's what right. this is specifically. Do you remember? Why... I, I specifically reached out to them, like Neo yeah, and Zach, and I'm like, when the out. when the next ship in the bottle came up, and we had like three, and I'm like, okay, we've had six <coughs> tokens, and half of them are the same head. Like, what's going on? Is something broken? And they're like, no, it's just random. I'm like, no, yeah. it's a, it's like the gambler's fallacy, right? Where you <laughs> right? Yeah. where people will say, oh, I I lost this hand of blackjack, so the exactly. next one I'll, I'll win. But odds don't care about no. that. You yeah. can Especially you can lose small sample size when you have twelve tokens up it's guaranteed to be random over a, a large set of values. It's not guaranteed to be, it's not even guaranteed to be random. Technically it's pseudo random. So as you've seen, as you guys know, like anyone can pick 
the noun's head on like the right. wet like for settling and stuff like that. But yeah. yeah, if you're just settling willy nilly, it's like basically it's not gonna be random on a small set. Is it, it's gonna feel like it's, it's random, but it's just not gonna feel like it's random. Yeah, on, on a recent a, uh, yeah. on a recent recent base builder space that we held last week, we were talking to uh, the the dev behind on chain dinos, which is a, a fork of tiny dinos on base, and he was talking about how he similarly thought that his contract was broken because he, you know, did some samples of like ten thousand dinos, and there was like literal twins coming up, like in his case, because there's not many traits in, in dinos, and so like literal twins were coming up, and yeah. he's like, "What the fuck? How is this possible?" And then. And we started talking about the birthday paradox, which is something that, you know, if you've never heard of it before, it will definitely blow your mind. And I don't have it in front of me, but it's, it's something to the effect of if you have a, a room full of people, I think it's, I want to say 50, 50 people or even less than that, 26 people maybe. Uh, I'll, I'll double check. But anyway, if you, have, if you have 26 people in a room, the chances that two of them will have the exact same birthday are more than 50%. Hmm. Yeah, it's much it's much rarer for every token to be unique. That would be like, wow, that's pretty mm. rare. It's yeah. it's more common for tokens to be similar. So yeah. then that's why the metadata the the custom stuff, like you doing that kind of thing can help with those artists especially who want to make sure you're not getting six ships in a bottle. Like Yeah, someone <laughs> you're getting a little bit of everything. <laughs> You could essentially say like, "Hey, if you've already generated this combination, generate like a slightly different version." So Wait, we can do that. Kind of... We can do that now or no? No, I would. No, I would no, no. You'd have to do custom renders for <laughs> yeah, that. Custom, but I mean, yeah. yeah, companies have spent years developing their random algorithm to feel random yeah. to humans. So yeah, this is a whole thing. <laughs> interesting. It's, this is really interesting. Um, okay, anything else that we didn't touch on that you want to highlight? It's a lot. We've got a lot going on. As yeah, we I mean, there. Collection Plus oh. would be the last big one. We could briefly talk yeah, about that. Yeah, why don't you just, just give like a over. quick overview of that, and then uh, we'll we'll wrap. What's, yeah, what so, is Collections Plus? So essentially, we built this new minter that lives on top of the protocol that essentially lets you set a list of users that you want to claim tokens for a price or for free. So this is used in the migration flow right now. So if you're migrating from L1 to L2, we take that snapshot of all your holders, we send over that little piece of data, and then this new mentor will let them claim their tokens on L2 essentially. We auto claim for them, but anyone could just as easily come to the contract and claim their tokens as well. Could could you set a limiter on that, like a range? Again, going back to what we had to do from yellow, could you? Is it possible for you to set it to say they can claim tokens after token twenty? Yes, this is this is one of the big features of, or it's actually it would be before. So essentially, you set yeah. like the beginning. You say like, hey, the first hundred tokens are reserved for claimers. The first thousand, two thousand. So one of the ideas that we had for this was something called Collection Plus, where essentially you snapshot the holders of a current NFT. You basically yeah. put that into the minter, and then you say like, okay, now anyone that has minted this nft can now come and claim these tokens and you're essentially bootstrapping a DAO from like a current nft holder base and then one way to take that even further is to kind of uh snapshot the holders or uh get the token addresses and then send that to the uh token bound account of each nft and essentially the nft holder the holder of the nft is able to vote in the DAO. But if you sell your NFT, then you sell your vote, essentially. So we're working with a couple of collections that are interested in doing something like that. It requires a that's, little bit of... That's uh, using 4844? Yeah. Yeah, hmm. nice. yeah nice. but it does require modifying the token a bit. So we're figuring out how to do that style exactly. But the allow list where you just snapshot the token holders and then you set up a claim system, that's pretty easy to do. So we'll be able to launch that in the next if, few months so. if you could consider uh, enabling some sort of a granular um, control over that range i think it, i think a lot of DAOs would find it really interesting especially to be able to leave the t the first 10 to 20 tokens untouched i think is something that every DAO should really do because it just it's so important Kicks to have that momentum out. early on nobody wants to be the 101st person to join a DAO. <laughs> they want to they're not going to be rushing to do it right so yeah. I think like even if you were going to do a DAO for cryptodes, for example, even even in that case, it would be fine to say 
first 10 crypto cryptos DAO tokens are reserved for auction. After that, the next six, six, nine, six, nine are reserved for original holders or whatever. And then there's still the opportunity for people to be like, damn, I'm an OG cryptos, you know, DAO member. I, I think anyway, I think that's an important thing to think about if it's not already if it's on possible. the, yeah. on the radar. Cool. Yeah. That's yeah. Really there, cool there is some workaround we might be able to do with that, but it's pretty set up to where it's like, it's off because it, it was pretty much built for this migration flow mostly. But um, this is kind of like an additional thing we can do with it at the moment. So, yeah, I'll think about ways we can. Th there's definitely some ways you can do it where you can essentially like offset it by 10 and say like, hey, these first 10 tokens we can distribute in a different way. So like give them out That'd to cool. OG holders or hold a raffle or do a prop house where like we want to give them out or something like that. Could be one way to kind of work around that as well. But yeah, we can think of creative ways to like do stuff like that too. Really interesting. Um, okay. That is all we have today. Um, anything else, Toady, on your end for that we should shout out? Yellow Collective has a mint right now, which is pretty cool. Yep. So, Go to Zora.co, Zora.co slash based and yellow.eth and follow us. And that way you won't miss any mints from the Yellow Collective Perfect. or from TNS. And the top mint or the newest mint right now is from Corey Van Lu, which is his first, uh, first ever mint on L2 on, on base. First nice. ever free, first ever free mint. He's never done a free mint before, and I kind of explained to him what Zora was doing with Creator Rewards and and uh, convinced him to give it a try. So, uh, super excited about about that, and hopefully opening up. You know, we want to open up that paradigm to a new set of artists who who maybe haven't tried it before because it can be scary as an artist to put so much love and attention and effort into a piece of art and then and then put it out in the world for you know free less the the platform fee free to you and anyway because you're not getting anything for the mint uh until it gets minted and then zora's sharing it back so it's it's a neat neat idea that zora's got and uh, trying trying to zora pill and base pill some artists at the same time and uh, so yeah go, go and support that and you get a free cvl piece you know what's not to love Corbin about that Lou. yeah i'm gonna yeah. go mint a bunch and it's also a beautiful piece you know and shout out to prof Witter and art house who actually commissioned mm -hmm. the piece originally uh in last summer and he he started painting it and uh, did it live and brought it to a live event mm -hmm. uh, and then just with the fork and everything was never able to figure out a way to mint it and so i reached out to him recently and i said hey you know that piece you know it's i've been thinking about it a lot because it was very blue I had a lot of gold pieces that seemed very based in yellow to me. What if we rejigged it a little bit and gave it some yellow noggles and, and tried this? And he was totally gung ho and, and ready to do it to his credit. So, yeah, that's uh, that's it. Amazing. So go, Amazing. Go check that's it out. Awesome. Very exciting. Very exciting. All right. And uh, if you're in BuilderDAO, please go check out the props, the current props. Um, and hopefully we'll get a few more if this, if this L2 prop goes and we move to base, we'll only, it will pause the auctions. So if you want one of the OG ones, you better, better hurry. Um, yep. so hopefully gas will calm down a little bit so we can get a couple more auctions off, but, uh, yeah, we're going to hopefully roll on into an L2 and that's it for us. We will, uh, be circling back here soon i don't know if we're going to do a show next week um but we will be on the following week and we'll see you then bye bye <laughs>